It's time for Silver and Black Today Game Day. We're breaking down the Raiders' upcoming game and bring you in-depth analysis from National Football Insiders. Let's get the nation fired up. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Raider Nation. This is Silver and Black Today Game Day. I am Scott Branson. My partner, Mo Moten, will join us in segment two and three. He's on special assignment. Hey, folks, I surround myself with good people, okay? He is the national NFL correspondent for Bleacher Report. He had an early assignment today, so he is off doing that, but he's going to join us a little later. So you're stuck with me for a little while, but thank you for joining us here on the Fan 98.5 HD2 in Las Vegas. Also, for our hardcore Raider Nation East Coasters, you're joining us on 1140 The Bet early in the morning, 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. on that East Coast. Thanks for being with us. We're here to talk about Raiders football. A tough week, yes, we're going to get to that in a minute. But, of course, some good news for the Raiders. And we're going we're gonna to start with good news, right? Because you're going to hear a lot out of me today. Some of you may turn off the channel and never come back, right? Because I'm going to talk about Derek Carr, his future, and so on. And some of you can't necessarily deal with questioning the future without Derek Carr or questioning whether or not Derek Carr is the right fit anymore or if he's the right guy and if he's played well enough. So we'll get to that in a minute, but I'm going to start with good news. I'm starting with Kumbaya. Are you happy? I hope you're happy. It's Sunday morning. Come on, get happy. If you're old enough, you know what that means. Anyway, the Raiders, they make a couple signings this week. They reward a couple of their best players as they sign kicker Daniel Carlson and punter A.J. Cole to multi-year extensions, uh, including uh, I think it was $8 million guaranteed for Cole, 12 for Carlson. So good for those guys. You know, they've done really good. You look at Carlson's 56 games, 96 of 112 from field goal range, 126 of 132 on PATs for a total of 414 points. He was named the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week four times throughout his career uh, and earned Player of the Month in 2020 as well in his fourth season. Cole, of course, was an undrafted free agent, so you talk about a great story. He's done well. His 75 punts placed inside the 20-yard line ranked fourth in the NFL since he entered the league in 2019 so he's been uh he's been someone that's been just fantastic for the Raiders and unfortunately they've had to punt too much but nonetheless uh good for Carlson good for Cole they have wrapped up their kicking situation there's so much going on with this team in this coming offseason so many unanswered questions which we're going to get to a little bit here in a second but at least they got these guys locked up so some of that special teams you don't have to worry about that. No matter who the coach is, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the GM is, uh, they get it done with Carlson and with Cole, which is good news. Okay, not good news was, of course, the Raiders losing on Sunday. I know everybody, this this has really set the Raider Nation on fire this week. 17-15, to 15, they lose to the Washington football team last week at home in Allegiant Stadium. This team does not play well at Allegiant Stadium. Take from that what you will. It's not a negative Las Vegas thing, although some Oakland fans want to make it that. It's not that. But for whatever reason, now last year there were no fans, okay? So last year the Raiders not having a home field advantage, eh, you get it, right? You get it. I mean, look. There's nobody there. I was there for all, every home game last year. All right? 
It was a cavern. There, <laughs> there's no fans there when you can hear the players on the field. So, so I almost kind of I want to put that aside a little bit, okay? But this year, you've had crazies in there. You've had the Raider Nation crazies. You've had the black hole and its new incarnation in, in Las Vegas really out supporting their team, doing what you expect all of Raider Nation to always do. And they still are not winning at home. They are held to 15 points. 15 against Washington. 15 points. They lose 17 to 15. Uh, in the game, the Raiders playing the worst, the Worstington football team <laughs> against the pass. Washington ranks 32nd against the pass. They also rank 32nd on third down defense. So you figure the Raiders, of course, you guys know because you're fans, you're hardcore. That's why you're listening to the show. You know the Raiders have struggled on third down all season. So what's the what's the elixir, doctor? What's the shot you can give me since everybody's into the jab, right? What can you give me? I'll tell you what. We'll give you Washington. You can get your third down woes fixed. Ta-da. Oh, by the way, Washington missing its two best defensive players. Ta-da. So what do the Raiders do? They go two of eight, 25%. Two of eight. They're now under 25% on the season. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's no excuse for it. Unimaginative play calling. Bad quarterback play. Missed passes. Dropped passes. You name it. Offensive line, can't block up front. Third down, can't do it. Done. So they go two of eight. And they lose to the Washington football team. The Raiders, 76 yards rushing, 234 passing net. Derek Carr, which we're going to get to here, your favorite subject out there in Raider Nation. 28 of 38, a very pedestrian 249 yards. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. Some of you think Derek Carr is an elite quarterback. I disagree. I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. I think Derek Carr is a top 15 quarterback. Top 10, beginning of the year. Not so much on the second half of the year. That's been consistent. As my buddy Mo Moten, my broadcast partner on our Southern California show uh, Friday, pointed out. Look it up. Don't take my word for it for those of you who can't see anything but Derek Carr through rose-colored glasses, okay? Derek Carr, over the course of his career, slides every year, November, December, January, and actually in October. His stats get worse as the year go on. goes on. Starts very well, starts very quick, tails off towards the end. That's a problem. Why is that a problem, ladies and gentlemen? That's a problem because in the NFL, you have got to get hot and play your best football down the stretch heading towards the playoffs. Especially in a league where there's so much parity. How many teams in the AFC West are at 500 or above? Ta-da! A lot of them, okay? Raiders are one of them. Raiders are 6-6 six and six at 500. You cannot crap the bed the second half of the season. I don't care who you are. You can lead the nation. You can lead the universe in passing yards. It doesn't matter. It's about wins and losses. Stats, okay, fine. Put them up. Touchdowns, great. Yards, great. Completions, great. 
Are you in the playoffs? Are you leading your team to a better place? Are you getting better as the year goes on? And again, for those of you who've listened to me for four and a half years, I've never, ever, ever been one of these Derek Carr haters and said, oh, yeah, I rid of him, got rid of him, blah, blah. No, I've never said that. When he plays well, I give him all the credit. And when he plays poorly, I've also pointed that out. I am objective. I am not an emotional fan. I am not someone who's going to go to bat and fight with people on Twitter, by the way, which is a complete waste of time. I'm not going to do it over a quarterback because it, it, I'm not, I'm not, I don't look, I don't do a show as a fan. I'm not a fan show. There's great fan shows. My man Murph, the Raiders Den. I listen to him. He's been on this show. He's great. And so they'll give you that perspective. He, he tends to do the, the best one I've heard, right? But I'm not doing that here. So I've always been objective about Derek Carr. If you can prove me wrong on that, you can't. Why am I saying that? You can't. You can't. So when I say this about Derek Carr, I'm not coming at it from any negative negativity towards Derek Carr. I've never been that way with him. I've always thought it's been a little overblown. But I've always said Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Is he an elite quarterback? No. Some of you believe that he's up there with the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. I say, prove it to me. And you say, number of yards, number of this, fourth quarter comebacks, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Doesn't matter. Wins and losses matter. You might have heard of a guy. Is he's very Not many people know who he is. His name was Al Davis. What did he say? Just win, baby, of course. Al Davis wanted to win at any cost. He didn't care about a guy's stats. He didn't want a second place trophy. He didn't want a passing yards trophy. No, he wanted to win football games and make the Raiders the most feared, number one, and the winningest franchise of all time. Okay? So that's what he wanted. So when we look at Derek Carr, we look at the stats. You can get caught in stats, and I'm okay with stats. I love stats. But in this case, I'm tired of the excuses. Why so many excuses? Permeate society, actually. I'm not going to get into that. We're talking football only, right? Derek Carr, what did I hear when, I, when I've kind of been very, been very forward this week to saying, you know what, I actually think... Nothing against Derek Carr. And I hope Derek Carr goes to win a Super Bowl. But I think it's time for the, the marriage to end. Makes sense. Contract year. Raiders are going a different direction with a coach. Maybe even a GM. So maybe it's time for the reset button. And you know what? For Derek Carr, he's a good, good man. He's a good quarterback. Let him try it somewhere else. He's had all this dysfunction here. All the, It might just be the best thing for both sides. It doesn't have to be a negative is what I'm saying. And me saying that it might be time for them to move on, the Raiders that is, is not a negative either. I'm not saying that because Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. I'm just saying with everything that's transpired over eight years, you kind of know what it is. And it's not getting it done. And don't talk to me about not having wide receivers. Don't talk to me about not having offensive linemen. And he's been through this and that many playbooks and blah, blah, blah. I used to use those excuses too. But it doesn't fly anymore. You look at the opportunities, and there certainly has been amazing highs with Derek Carr. 
And I wrote this on VegasSportsToday.com. You can catch my story there, by the way, that I wrote uh, on Thursday, where I talked about Derek Carr, a poll by our good friend, the AFL godfather, um, known as A at NFL Maverick, actually, on Twitter. Uh, does all the Raiders history stuff and all that stuff. And he tweeted out a poll. Do you wish Bisaccia would start Mariota against the Chiefs? Majority of you, of about 900 votes, said no, 50.5%. But 49.5% of you said yes. This is a change because I've always said that the Derek Carr haters were a smaller minority. Nah, 20% of the fan base, if that high, okay? Now it's closer to 50-50, and that tells me a lot. That really tells me a lot. And I talked to somebody with the, that's close to the Raider organization for this story, too. I just texted them and asked them about Derek Carr. I go, this latest, the latest troubles, the latest second season swoon where the Raiders fall apart down the stretch with Derek Carr as their quarterback, where Derek Carr is not playing well either. It's not the team falling apart and Derek Carr is just lights out. He's not. He's not lights out as you saw, against Washington. But this is what this insider told me. This is somebody close to the team. Quote, I also believe the urgency to win. I feel that, and I feel that on everybody's heart. I'm sorry, that's Derek Carr saying this. I've always felt that. That's what I've cared about is wanting to win and win for this team. I don't, I don't disagree with Derek Carr there. I think he does want to win. But for whatever reason, the second half of the season, he doesn't play his best football. So this insider told me, he said, quote, the constant is horrific lows undermine Derek Carr's ultra highs. The excuses of the lack of total team perfection should not be the enemy of the good opportunities that he was given in those eight seasons. And this is some this is somebody, you know, and, and again, I'm keeping their their identity out of this because they're close to the team, but this is somebody who's been around for all of it, okay? The excuses of the lack of total team perfection. That's what I want to key in on because that's what I hear from a lot of you. How is it that Derek Carr is never... I'm not saying Derek Carr is the only reason the Raiders don't win. Now, some people say that. I do not say that. I think that's completely ridiculous. But a lot of you believe that it has nothing to do with him. (laughs) That he is a complete victim of circumstance and the reason they don't win and the reason he doesn't play well is because of another reason. I don't know why you fool yourself into thinking that. It's just not true. And again, I like Derek Carr. He's a good, good man, number one. And believe me, in this world, that's what you want to be. But at the same time, I'm hearing from all of you guys, especially some of the fans that listen to me on Raider Nation Radio who now listen to me here. These are, these are, these are people who walk around in Derek Carr jerseys. They're sending me messages, and they send them privately because they, they don't want to attack Derek online in public. But they're messaging me saying, you know what? I love the guy. I've defended him forever, and I wish him the best, and I hope he goes on to win, but maybe it's just time. I mean, I'm getting a lot of these. It's not just one or two. I want you to understand this. I'm getting a lot of these. So the Derek Carr thing is interesting. The, the Raiders have an opportunity to try to finish out this season strong and do something different, um, and, and I think that they're going to have to. Right. I mean, they're six and six. If you think they're going to make the playoffs, the, the chances I would call, I would say under 10 percent at this point. And so the season from that standpoint is going to be a disappointment. But can they finish at the nine and eight? I thought they were going to finish at. Can they go three and two 
uh, I'm even worried that they can do that. I picked them nine and eight. Mo and I both did at the beginning of the season. I don't know about that. I, they might struggle to win eight. So we might have another under 500 year for the Raiders. That would not be good. And you go back to what Mike Mayock said at the beginning of the season. The expectation was the playoffs. Yes, that was before the Gruden disaster. Yes, that was before the Henry Ruggs accident. But you have to keep the standards high. This team, this franchise has been so bad and the fans deserve so much more. I've never met a fan base more passionate than Raider Nation. I'm not just saying that because I do a Raider show. That's a guy who grew up a Chargers fan, follows other teams and other sports. I've never, ever seen a fan base more passionate, more caring, and more loyal than the Raider fan base. And so they just, you deserve better. So don't give me excuses about the quarterback. Don't give me excuses about the coach or anybody else in the organization. You deserve winning. All right. So I didn't talk much about the Washington game because, frankly, you don't need to hear it. It's, it was a terrible game. The Raiders blew it. And now they go on today to play the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Mo will join me, and we're going to talk to Joe Valerio. Excuse me. All right, so now we're going to shift gears, and we're going to talk Kansas City Chiefs. And after the break, Mo will join me, and we're going to talk to Jay Binkley, the host of Bink at Night on 610 Sports in Kansas City. He covers the Chiefs. He's going to give us the lowdown on where the Chiefs are now and how they're ascending, not descending, in the AFC West. You're listening to Scott and Mo here on Silver and Black Today Game Day, only on The Fan, Las Vegas. Silver and Black Today, game day is on. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, game day here on The Fan in Las Vegas. Or if you're on the East Coast and you're an early bird, you're listening to us on 1140, The Bet in Las Vegas, and streaming on the, of course, the killer Odyssey app. So thanks for being with us. Scott Colbrantz and Mo Moten. We go out on our newsmaker line and we bring in our good friend from 610 Sports in Kansas City. That is Jay Binkley. Jay, thanks for being with us, my man, to talk a little bit about the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Oh, man. Can't wait. Once again, nice little rivalry game. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty pumped up for it. Well, Jay, let's start with the Chiefs. Of course, we we, we heard uh, prematurely that they weren't going to make the playoffs earlier in the season when they were struggling. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has gotten better. Sure, he's got some issues still. It looks like mechanical issues or something going on there. But the Chiefs' defense, you and I, when I was on your show the other day, we talked a lot about this yeah. too. Steve Spagnola's defense has really turned it around, is creating better opportunity, taking some of that pressure off Patrick Mahomes. What has it been specifically about Spagnola's defense that's really turned the corner for Kansas City? You know, I think a big, big thing for uh, Spagnola has been, uh, he's been an opening group. Yeah. I mean, you know, flat out bringing in a guy with a little bit of an attitude uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs is, I think, made the, the biggest difference with them. And, you know, I mean, you know, you got Jaron Reed that they brought in from Seattle that's on that uh, one-year contract here to, you know, he hadn't been showing up and people were wondering where he was. So now that uh, Melvin Ingram is doing his deal, he's starting to show up. And, uh, you know, it elevates the play. The guys love him. Um, you know, Chiefs had wanted him. Uh, in the offseason through free agency, had him in here for a visit and everything until he ultimately decided to go to Pittsburgh. But I think that's a big part of it because that's helped the Chiefs pass rush. 
which is in turn helped the secondary. So the Chiefs have scored, have allowed 17 or fewer points in each of the last four games, but in that same stretch, they forced 10 turnovers. Would you say the pass rush is helping uh, for, help them force those turnovers, or is it just pocket pressure, combination of, of coverage, or just both in between, maybe some changes on the back end with maybe Juan Thornhill playing a little bit more, the linebackers, the young linebackers playing up to their potential. What would you say is the cause of those for those takeaways? I mean, let's put it this way. This, this is just how good this defense has been. And, you know, nationally, they're finally starting to talk about it a little bit because it's all a bit about Mahomes. And last four games, they've given up 9.75 points. The last five, 11.2 points. If you take the last six games, uh, which only the Chief, only the Patriots are better than the Chiefs at points against. They're 13.8. That includes giving up 27 points to the Tennessee Titans. They've only given up six touchdowns in the last five games. Um, yeah, what they're doing as far as scoring defense, it's unheard of because this town's all about Patrick Mahomes and throwing the football downfield, and now they're playing good defensive football. Now, they've always been up there all season long in blitzing and pressure percentage. But now they're actually getting to the quarterback. They're hitting the quarterback, eighth and quarterback hits in the turnover margin, the plus plus minus. That was at 32. Um, that's crept up to 24th now. They're not good. Raiders are still better. Raiders are plus one. Chiefs are minus five. But they're creating turnovers the last couple of weeks. As a matter of fact, in Chiefs victories, they're five and zero oh with a plus two turnover margin. They're three and four when that is equal or below. So um, they have definitely gotten better in the turnovers as far as takeaways for this team they're 18th in the nfl giveaways they're they're 31st in the nfl so that's the problem they were giving the ball away a lot still are 31st in the nfl compared to uh the takeaways which they're 11th in the nfl big difference yeah again we're talking to jay binkley from 610 sports kansas city and and jay we talked to joe valerio of course former offensive lineman for the chiefs uh about patrick mahomes on our southern california show and he mentioned that part of you know Mahomes, besides some of the mechanical issues, which I know everybody's been dissecting with Patrick Mahomes, part of the issue was Patrick just didn't have confidence in that defense early on because they were so bad, unexpectedly bad. Uh, do you think he's finally gotten over that? Is is it is he now settling in a little more where he knows he doesn't have to do too much? Well, that was always a big thing with Patrick. He, he's always going to be one of those guys that, that tries to do too much and. You know, I, I like it in a lot of times how he had to play at Texas Tech. You know, they had the 128th uh, worst scoring defense in college football. There was only 128 teams at that point, but they were dead last. And 2018, Chiefs were giving up a ton of points. I mean, they lost the game where they scored over 50 points. They were still losing those games. He had that pressure to score every time he's on the football field. And, you know, guys, people break down his mechanics and say they're not good. That's the common theme nationally. But – it's the same mechanics that got him an MVP. It's the same mechanics that got him a Super Bowl MVP. No, he's going to drop back and, and, and be the quarterback that everybody wants as far as perfect mechanics. Bottom line is, he gets the job done. And the only problem this year is, like in 2019 and 2020, if Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill were dropping a football, it was going straight to the ground. Now it's bouncing straight up in the air mm -hmm. as uh, Patrick Mahomes has five of his 12 interceptions that are off deflections that went off the receiver where he threw it and hit them in the hands. And the last two games, second possession or the first possession of the second half, they got down to the 37-yard line two year, two weeks ago against Dallas, bounces off Travis Kelsey, and that was, that was when the Chiefs were driving, looking to score, interception. Last week against the Broncos, they get the ball second half, time to open up the game. 
same thing. Tyreek Hill gets the football, bounces off his hand, interception. Um, yeah, he is throwing some picks, and I know people look at those numbers, but the bottom line is the Chiefs are fourth in the NFL in drop passes. Tyreek Hill is number two in the AFC in drop passes behind Keenan Allen. Uh, those are drive killers. And, yeah, Mahomes hasn't been perfect. He takes the blame for a lot of this, but it's hard to get into a rhythm when your wide receivers are bouncing the ball straight up in the air. So you talked about the mistakes of his teammates. So you think the team just feels like, you know, eventually that luck will turn over and then those players will catch some of those passes. Those passes will just bounce up in the air. You get those random turnovers. Or have the Chiefs tried to do something to get Mahomes into a rhythm lately? Or is it just, again, I think so. I think all this stuff. I think just like the turnovers, you know, coming back to earth for the Chiefs to getting back to, to playing their level of football. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyree Kill is too good of a receiver. I mean, this guy went the longest time where he's either number one or number two in catches in the NFL. Travis Kelsey will be in Canton, Ohio. They will at some point start catching the football. I think a lot of times, and even Byron Pringle has kind of been elevated at number two wide receiver, is they're constantly looking downfield. Like I said, looking the ball in. They're kind of looking downfield for the yards after catch. But teams running two high safeties, uh, they've kind of taken that, you know, explosive play away from the Chiefs. They're having to work the middle of the field. And I think a lot of times when you see their focus, their eye placement, they're looking, okay, how, how many yards can I get after the catch? What kind of yak can I do after getting the football? But it's all been a process. It's been a process for the receivers uh, to learn the shorter routes. It's been more methodical drives for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, I think all this eventually works itself out. They're too good a player. They're too good a player to have these drops. Interesting. Again, Jay Binkley, 610 Sports in Kansas City. You can catch him on Bink at Night uh, out there on our fellow Odyssey station. Uh, and, Bink, before we let you go, man, uh, this Chiefs team, you look at the schedule, they have the three, counting the Raiders today in Kansas City, they have the three AFC West games and they play the Steelers and the Bengals. Uh, you feel like this team is poised to get ready for another playoff run as they have done in previous seasons? I think so. Now that this defense is playing like it is, because eventually the offense will snap out of it. I mean, they're, they're too, I mean the defense is. I mean, the defense is playing bad for the end of the season. They had expectations, and boom, they turned that corner. The fact that the offense can't turn the corner is, uh, you know, a, a crazy notion because they, they will turn it around. And the bottom line is, if this defense plays like this, they don't need that offense to be that 30, 31, 32 points a game. They can win football games. I mean, they found a way to win five in a row. Obviously, as you guys said, the stretch here, it started with the Broncos, now the Raiders, charge that three of those games in 10, 11 days. And they're turning the corner at the right time. Got a little scary there when they were three and four, because then you start saying, you're doing the math, and how many losses can this team have? But so many of these teams are flawed in the NFL. They're going to unexplainably lose to the Jets or the Jaguars. But the Chiefs aren't losing those games. Yeah, they've lost games. I mean, the Buffalo Bills handled them. But at that point, Buffalo was playing good football. They lost to the Titans on the road when they had Julio Jones, when they had Derrick Henry, when they had A.J. Brown. Titans beat them. So they were losing to the Ravens. Chiefs gave the Ravens. They were going to beat the Ravens. Had the ball at the 34-yard line to kick a game-winning field goal and fumbled the football. Um, so they've lost to these good teams. They're not letting that unexpected, you know, Jets type of team mm. beat them. So, you know, and let's face it, they've had two games this year where Mahomes lost by more than one possession, which is an absolutely insane stat. The Brady, Rodgers, none of these guys can climb. Josh Allen, none of them. 
he went his whole career without losing by more than one possession until the Super until Bowl against the Bucks. Amazing. That was the first time ever, and he's done it twice this year uh, with the Bills and Titans. But that's three games, guys, in his history. He has always kept this football team poised. Even when they're having bad days, they're there to strike at the end of the game. And uh, that's kind of a stat that's uh, not talked about too often, uh, you know, by the national media, but a very important stat nonetheless. Yeah, it's going to be uh, be interesting one. Uh, I think this could go uh, very ugly for the Raiders, but we'll see how it all plays out. That's why they play them, and it's, of course, the big rivalry between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Jay Binkley, 6'10". Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, no, let's just say it's the Raiders. You know, the Raiders beat Always. the Chiefs last year in Arrowhead. Yep. Chiefs were a Super Bowl team. The game uh, in Las Vegas came down in the last two minutes. Um, I think this is going to be a closer game. I don't like the nine and a half points. Uh, the Chiefs don't cover a lot of the spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, they were on a, before they played the Eagles, they were on a 10-game stretch where they won or lost the game by six points. Wow. Do I think they'll win? Yes, I do. But, you know, do I expect a blowout? No, it's football. It's the AFC West. <laughs> it will. And Jay, we always appreciate you talking to us, my friend. Thank you so much for being generous with your time. Appreciate All right, it, guys. You take care now. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. That's Jay Binkley, 610 Sports in Kansas City. And Mo, with a couple minutes we have left, um, interesting there. I mean, I, I think you, you look at what the Chiefs have done, what they're able to do, uh, and, and how that defense is playing. Uh, that puts even more pressure on this offense that we talked about uh, and having to come out and start and start fast. I don't want to say it, but when I usually say it, it usually happens. We could get a slugfest again with the, <laughs> with the Raiders. I don't know. Um, as you know, the, the Chiefs have not been putting up a lot of points. So uh, Jay has a point. It may not be. It may not be a blow, even though I think it will be. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. Yep. But um, the Raiders have to get together on offense, and they have to score some points regardless because Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdowns against them last time they met up. So they have to get revenge it, for that. It was, it was the Chiefs' get-well game. It really was. If you look at the record and everything that's happened, Jay mentioned uh, what they've been able to do defensively since that time. It's pretty remarkable. And so the, the Raiders are going in. It's going to be a tough – it's going to be a slugfest. It definitely is. Whether or not they can keep it close will be the question. Well, we're going to close out this segment and take a break. When we come back, we will close out the show for the day, and we'll get most take there at the end of the show on how this game here kind of tipped his hand on it. But we'll talk a little bit more about it here on Silver and Black Today Game Day, only on the fan here in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere. Raider Nation is fired up. It's Silver and Black Today Game Day. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black Today Game Day here on The Fan in Las Vegas or The Bet 1140 if you're listening to us on the East Coast early in the morning. Thanks for being with us. Hope you're enjoying your coffee. Yes, I got all the stuff out in the first segment and a special thanks to Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, you can catch him on the Believe in Chiefs podcast. Great, great interview there as we get set for the Raiders and the Chiefs coming up here in just a little while uh, from Kansas City a place that has not been kind to the Raiders, uh, but we'll have to see how that goes. And, you know, we're going to revisit the offense, revisit the defense, all that stuff, because we heard Lincoln Kennedy, of course, Big Link, who does a radio show in Las Vegas on my former station there. He uh, he said it was time to bench Carr, Derek Carr, on the offense. The offense isn't working. And how many times in the NFL have you seen, I don't care if it's, 
the 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 Chiefs or whoever now maybe the Chiefs are a bad example right now but you look at some of the other teams if if a team's not going they're not moving the ball what do they do they sit the quarterback now I'm not saying after one game or anything like that but when you see what the Raiders have done over the last four games in the last six games actually it has not been great okay there's been some highlights obviously the the, the Cowboys game was a great one. But you, 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 one of the ways that coaches tend to kind of shake up the team is they sit the quarterback. Now, I'm not saying you sit Derek Carr today and then and then sit him the rest of the season. I'm not saying that. And, and they're not going to. Derek Carr is going to start today in Kansas City. But if things continue, if things don't go well in Kansas City and the ball's not getting moved, the offense isn't going, I wouldn't be surprised and you shouldn't be either. I'm not saying Marcus Mariota is the answer for Derek Carr at quarterback forever. I'm just saying you have to look at it. So Link caught some some heat from some people about that, and I I don't necessarily disagree with him. I mean, you got to get the offense. the The point is to not preserve people's feelings. Or oh, you're the starting quarterback. We can't sit you. No, if you're not, if the job isn't getting done, then then you might you do something to shake it up. And again, and maybe that'll do it. Maybe that jars the player. That jars the team. And they get better, and Derek Carr starts the next game and does really well. Who knows, right? So that is something that has been discussed all week. The other thing I want to talk about, and again, Mo is going to join us here till the end of the show. He's off doing an assignment uh, for his NFL coverage today in there in New York, but he's going to be with us here in a second. But if you look at some of what's going on, too, with the Raiders, a lot of people – now, there's no question that, I don't know, if I had to roughly estimate – you know, percentage of the problem with the Raiders losing, you know, how much of it's the offense, how much is the defense? Clearly it's, I don't know, 60, 70% on the, on the offense, right? I, I really believe that. They're just not moving the ball. At the same time, you know what? The defense has not been great either recently. And that's, that's not an indictment against the defense per se. What that is is a defense that, um, that continues – to be on the field too much. And so uh, this is from uh, Ryan Holmes on Twitter who, who compiled these stats, right? So here he says, the Raiders' defense, okay, still improved but still bottom 10 in the league. This is the rankings through 13 weeks for the Raiders' defense. Scoring 26 points per game. They are 26th. 26th scoring defense okay yards get yards uh, yielded obviously 355 that's 19th against the pass 230 yards that's very good 13th in the in the league so mid mid midway against the run 26 not good third down so their defense against the third down they give up 41 and a half percent third downs that's 20th in the league not terrible not great not terrible Red zone defense. So you know how bad the Raiders' red zone offense is? Well, guess what? (laughs) Their defense, 77.4%. Last in the NFL. Last. Now, I that's partly because the offense never gives them great position. They're never you're never backing up the opponent very much. Anyway, sack percentage, 5.59%, 23rd in the NFL. Takeaways with 13 on the season, they're 23rd. Okay, so not great, but not terrible. But a lot of that, I think, is because they've worn down so much over the year because the offense has not been doing it. Derek Carr is 29th in the red zone and 30th 
on third down conversions. Again, Derek Carr is 29th in red zone out of starting quarterbacks in the NFL and is 30th on third down. Okay? That's a problem. That's a problem. So they got to fix that. And today in Kansas City, they're going to really have to move the ball. I mean, the Chiefs are going to score, right? Despite some of the issues they've had on offense, their defense has been spectacular. You heard it from Jay Binkley just a little while ago. So they're going to have to get things together. They're going to have to go out in Kansas City today and just do the unthinkable. Because I don't, listen, I'm being 100% honest here. I, I don't think they're going to win the game. I just don't. I hope they surprise me. Believe me, doing talk radio is so much better when your team that you cover is winning. You get to talk more X's O's. You get to talk about the good things that happen. It's just better. I mean, anything you talk about when you win is better. I, I get it. Every team loses, of course. But when you have the situation with the Raiders, and especially because I just feel so close to all of you, the listeners and the fans who've spent money and years and time following their beloved Raider team. You just want them to win. I just don't think it's going to happen today. Then they got to go to Cleveland. And it's freezing in Cleveland, okay? They're getting a break today in Kansas City. It's going to be close to 60 degrees. So that's a a break for, for the Raiders and Derek Carr. But next week at Cleveland, I mean, man, this schedule is not easy. And so I fear that the Raiders might be on the precipice of falling off the cliff. But maybe they pull it together. And, and I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, and we talked about it on our Southern California show on Friday night, which you can catch on the Mightier 1090, Fridays at 6 p.m. Pacific. You can stream it at themightier1090.com or on the TuneIn app. Um, we talked about Josh Jacobs coming out after the last game and talking about how the team on offense – some guys come out, they don't really have a sense of urgency. That's not good. Against the Chiefs, you better you better come out ready to fight, man. It's going to be a street fight. Get on the brass knuckles. Get the chains out of your pocket. The baseball bat with the nails. Some broken glass. And get ready. It's a big AFC West rival. The, the Chiefs are on a roll. That roll, by the way, started with the Raiders. That was their turnaround game in Vegas. So now maybe this can be the turnaround game for the Raiders. Again, I'm not hopeful. But I also don't give up hope (laughs) completely. So maybe this will be the Raiders' turnaround game. I don't think they can make the playoffs. They got to win. They got to win four games at least. Probably all of them. Because... If you don't, I mean, 10 wins in the AFC this year might not get you in. It might not. Look at the AFC West, right? It might not get you in with 10 wins. I picked them to win nine. I think it's going to take 10. So, man, it's just tough. It's tough. So I think the Raiders, you got to see, you got to see who's going to go out and play. Who are the guys who are giving it their all, who are fighting as the man in the arena? even if things don't go well the next couple weeks and they're out of the playoff picture. You want to see who's going to be there. You know some of those guys. Well, you know Max Crosby will. Max Crosby needs a sack, by the way. Pressures are great. He's, his motor's awesome. I love the kid. But he's got to get a sack. Finish. Let's go. Let's finish. Yannick Ngakwe, same thing. Doing really well. 
You want to see what happens out there. You want to see some of these guys finish off the season strong. Win or loss. Win or loss. Of course, you want the wins. But either way, they need to finish off the season strong. So in Kansas City today, I think you're going to learn a lot about this team. They, they lose a close game. Okay. If they go out and perform like they did against Washington, they will lose by three touchdowns. If they go out and perform like they did against Dallas, they could very well win this game by a field goal. Okay? So we'll have to see how that all goes down. And again, I don't want Raider Nation to feel too down. I think there's bright days on the horizon. You get a new coach, perhaps a GM. I like McMayock, but who knows what's going to happen there. And maybe even a new quarterback, which I just think, again, nothing against Derek Carr. I hope he goes somewhere and wins the Super Bowl. I just don't think it's going to happen with the Raiders. I think it's it's time for everybody to give a, hug, a bro hug, say, man, we loved you. Thanks so much for everything you did. We wish you luck. Take care. I'll be called a hater by some. Others will say I'm being too nice. <laughs> you can't win. You can't win. But anyway, um, we're going to get on. We're going to talk about today's game. I'm going to get another perspective. All right now I turn back to my friend. He's busy. He's covering NFL today. It's Sunday, of course, and he covers the entire league. But I bring Mo Moten back in real quickly before he's got to run. Mo, we got the game. The Charger, I mean, excuse me, the Raiders and the Ch- three, two, one. All right, we bring back in my broadcast partner, Mo Moten. He's covering the, all, the whole NFL today, guys, so that's why he kind of jumps out for some of the segments. But he's going to come back in right here. I asked him, I begged him, uh, and I sent him uh, a sandwich. Uh, but, no, he's back in to, to talk about today's game. So, Mo, Raiders in Kansas City uh, this afternoon and coming up here very soon from Arrowhead Stadium. We've talked about all the issues with this team. we talked about the quarterback situation. Um, and I hate to be negative because positive football and the Raiders doing well is better for this show. But I, 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 I can't find anything in me that gives me any indication that the Raiders go into Kansas City with the way they've been trending, the way the Chiefs have been trending, and what we heard from Jay Binkley earlier. Uh, I don't give them much of a chance today in Kansas City, uh, but maybe they'll surprise us. Yeah, just being objective, objective here, Chiefs winners of, I believe, five straight Raiders loses a four the last five struggling to score uh going going on a one o'clock game east it's it's gonna be a tough go for the Raiders. i just don't see it with them they often sometimes surprise they sometimes surprise me but i just don't see it this time i uh, i think it actually could get ugly pretty quickly and the Raiders go down in a heap and oh oh ooh. you're such a hater oh sorry sorry about that but get mo out of here get yeah, him out of here mo i used to like the raiders um but seriously, you, you look at the situation we talked about earlier, of course, ad nauseum about Derek Carr. We talked about the comments Lincoln Kennedy made about benching Carr and starting Mariota. Um, if today's game, to your point, if it gets ugly at any point, do you make that change? If you were the head coach, doesn't mean that Marcus Mariota is going to be your quarterback the rest of the season, but you, you have to change things up. If something's not working in the NFL, we see it all the time, quarterbacks get sit and 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 they put in the backup to try to change things up and get going. Is that something the Raiders would have to consider if things don't go well today in Kansas City? If, if the Raiders fall behind by 20-something points, I mean, what do you have to lose at that point? It's not to say that Derek Carr won't start the next game, but it's like, what do you have to gain if you're down by 21 points going into maybe the fourth quarter or halfway through the third quarter? I think you just toss Marcus Mariota out there and just have him finish the game to see to see what he does. Not to say that he has a chance to start. Again, not to say that to bench Derek Carr, but if you're that far behind, you're just like, hey, we're, you know, 
I hate to say wave the white flag, but we're just saying, okay, we're just going to put in Marcus Mariota to see what he can do with the offense sure. as it is. And maybe spark. You never know. A big comeback, whatever can happen. Or maybe, just maybe, Mo, maybe. Maybe the Raiders go out and they look like the team that played against the Cowboys or they look like the team earlier in the year. And and we got a ball game in Kansas City. These two teams have played very close over or the course of the last four or five games with the, with the exception of the last game in Las Vegas. So who knows what will happen. But, Mo, I know you got to run and take care of covering the NFL. I hope you took your vitamins today. It's almost playoff time. So mm. you can do that. But I know we'll get together next week. We'll talk again here on Silver and Black Today game day on the fan in Las Vegas. We'll talk about this Raiders team. And maybe, 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 just maybe we'll have an upswing and they will have gone in and upset up. But as always, my friend, thanks for being with us. And we'll talk to you next week. Course, appreciate it. Hey, don't don't throw out the Raiders yet. I, even though I don't think they have a chance, the Chiefs are not necessarily <laughs> knocking out the park on the scoreboard. They've been struggling to score as well, so you never know what could happen between the division rivals. It is a great point, and it is a big rivalry, and and so maybe those guys will come out. And as Josh Jacobs talked about, guys maybe not coming out with any urgency. Maybe they do today in Kansas City, but I know we'll be here to talk about it next week. Well, thank you guys all for joining us here for our Raiders pregame show here on The Fan in Las Vegas and also the Bet 1140 in Las Vegas. We appreciate you doing that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L V Gully. Also, you can check out silverandblacktonight.com where you can always catch previous editions of our show, including our Southern California show, Silver and Black, tonight. We thank you all for being with us. We'll talk to you next time, Raider Nation. Enjoy the game and have a great week.